Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth. I'm your host and just one of them. But I want you guys to make sure that you understand this topic today is going to be extremely, extremely sensitive. So if you got your little Thundercats around that just love this beautiful chocolate face, if they're too young, put them over to the side, right? And y'all can have this conversation with them a little later, right on. But getting ready to introduce the rest of the den Larry, Larry, what's going on, partner? Hey, 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 what's going on with you, man? How you doing? Man, slow motion, man, slow motion. What, what's the word? Ain't nothing, man. The weather's better. You know, it's nice, little sunny out. Got a good temperature that I like. The 60-degree weather, I can deal with it. So, yeah. trying to get back into the mode of enjoying this beautiful weather and getting back outside. I'm telling you, man. Hey, Aries, boy, hey, our season coming yeah, up, man. We're about to, about to turn up for real. So since last year was out of line, we're going to have to celebrate twice. You dig? <laughs> bow, bow. That's what it is. All right, all right, all right. Then we got the myth, the legend. Look at this boy losing that weight. Look at that boy face. Look at him. That boy look like he a, he a third I grader. Said, man. <laughs> that boy doing good. Look at him. Yeah. Boy, hey, hey, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, look, Herm got his got, got his woman moved in. Now, now look at him. Look at him. Yeah. That boy. Boy, look what they do to you. How you feeling, bro? Man, my back is in extreme pain. Wow, what's up? Back, legs. You never know, you know what I'm saying? Like, one thing people don't like doing is moving stuff. Yeah. Yep. I'm one person. I'm one of them people, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Like moving furniture and all that type stuff. Mm-hmm. You, know, you never know how much somebody got until you got to move that stuff around. Oh my god! You yeah. I mean? Well, but I can't. I can't be any happier. You know, she's in the house now. You know what I mean? Yes. And my life get to normal. Yes. You know, so yes. Some somewhat somewhat normal because ain't ain't nothing normal about you You hey but look hold on before we get into it ladies and gentlemen if y'all on make sure y'all go to facebook uh not facebook if you're on facebook go to Streamyard forward slash uh facebook make sure your comments can pop on up and everything follow us follow us okay make sure everything is good because this is going to be a great 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 conversation right on go ahead right right so, I mean, speaking of the great conversation, you know, we, we got two guests coming on, uh, co-authors who happen to be uh, sisters. You, you know, not the, hey, you know, I'm calling my my friend, my sister deal. They're actually sisters, you know what I mean? So, we got my, my friend Chris coming in, her sister Yarden, you mm-hmm. know, in the house, coming into the den. All right. Hey, welcome, ladies. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, welcome to the den. Welcome to the den. And I mean, this book, this Speak Up My Child, ladies and gentlemen, if if y'all don't know nothing about it, I highly suggest you go and check it on out. It's extremely deep, extremely deep and necessary. So, we'll first start off with you, Miss Chris. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you so much for having us on the show. Um, We are humbled to be here and feel um, really happy to be able to get on the show and talk about our book. Mm -hmm. Um, So my name is Chris Warner. Um, I am co-author to this book and on a couple of other books. I am um, active duty military. I've been in for 22, oh, wait a minute, today's February 28th. There you go. 22 years today. 
Yes. Um, and uh, I'm a mother of four beautiful children, Kayla, Asia, Sanaya, and DJ. Okay. That's me. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome. And Miss Yarden, welcome, welcome, ma'am. Hi, thank you so much. Um, my name is Yarden Smash Robinson. My original name was Smash, but wait, um, hold on, wait, 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 wait. When I got married, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> That's not a nickname. No, <laughs> bro, I, I thought it was like Smash Brothers, Smash Sisters. I thought sisters. it was a cool nickname. Yeah, like, okay, Smash. <laughs> no. <laughs> That is my yeah, name. Sergeant Smash, what's up? That's what's up. <laughs> okay, my bad. Go ahead. It's nice though. It's no, pretty no dope. No worries. So, so I kept it. I mean, you know, with a name like that, you can't lose it. So, mm-hmm. just added on my husband's. You know, we talk about the hyphen, but I like it. Mm-hmm. But I am also um, active duty Air Force. I've been in eighteen years. And um, I'm a mother of three. I have one, Carrie. So my son is two with my husband. And then he has two additional children um, who are older, a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old. And that's me. Okay. All right. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome. Yes. This is good. This is real good. Hit him up, Larry. All right. Getting to the book. All right, thank you guys for being on the show, but let's talk about this book. I was able to read it. I actually read it earlier today, but somebody didn't get me my copy. No, I'm joking. I didn't get the copy. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. That was the no, postal no. system. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I read it. Really easy read. Um, believe it or not, fellas and ladies out there that are listening, got pictures in it, which I love. You know, good. Nice oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> no, and seriously, it's it's a really easy to read book, and it's for children. Uh, but it asks some really good questions in there. Can you guys go into what brought well, not so much what brought it about, but just the book in general. What what made you guys want to start this book or write this book? Okay, so yeah, for me, we so we both have different reasons for writing a book, and we're able to come together and decide to do this. So I would say, um, for me, it was I spent a lot of my childhood muted, where I didn't feel like I had a voice, and I wished for a long time that people would listen to what I was saying. Um, And I also wish that people understood that my quote unquote aggression or frustration or acting out was for a reason. And so I understood that as I became a parent, that I needed to be able to listen to my children and I needed to be able to ask the tough questions and be present when my children were trying to tell me something. I'm not going to say I got it right all the time, but I strive to do that to be the, to be there and to give my children a voice. And that was what inspired me to write the book. Mm-hmm. What about you, Yarda? So for me, uh, like I was saying, I am a brand new mother. Uh, my son is, he just turned, well, he's turned two. He'll be three later this year. But as a child, I was, I was muted also, but I took that mutedness and I just became very quiet. I didn't feel heard as a child and I didn't want my children to to feel the same way. So I wanted to encourage them to speak up um, because I know often um, as a child, I would try to speak up, but my, my words didn't seem to matter. And I want them to know that their words matter. They are very important, you know, no matter what they feel that they, that they can come and talk to us. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. So, so for me, 
first, first, I got to say this. If if I was marrying somebody last name Smash, I might consider changing my last name. <laughs> and I never believed in that. You know what I mean? But if, she, if she came up to me, my last name, her last name is Legit Smash? Herman Smash? Come on, now. I, I, I had to throw that out there. Bruh, like, 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 like a cartoon character or something. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, that's my real name on my driver's license. Come on, now. Yeah. Hey, so... So my, my question is, as far as this book goes, um, you talk about children feeling muted. Um, these parents, like, parents normally tell kids, you know what I'm saying, they, they be quiet, don't say nothing, you know what I mean? Like, always silencing them, you know what I mean? So do you do you feel like this book is also for the parents, you know what I'm saying? I, I, obviously, it should be, right? Like, to, to let them know, like, hey, let your child speak. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's the hard part about being a parent, you know, or be anything in the world. Like you're like, okay, well, I dealt with this. And when I become an adult or when I make it here, I'm going to handle it differently. Um, But then you realize sometimes that you're not. Um, We take away the good and bad from all situations. So the book is to help aid and assist in conversations with children. So whether you're you're a parent or whether you're an adult in the situation, sometimes we don't know what questions to ask. And so it's difficult for people to communicate because we're not sure exactly what to ask. And sometimes it is very difficult to ask the tough questions. So the book has questions in it to help adults, and it has pictures in it, facial expressions. So the child, if the child doesn't want to use words, the child can point to the pictures or the child can say that happened to me or something like that. So it's for the child and adult to be a conduit of the communication. Mm, mm. Okay. Yardin, what do you think? Did you have something to add to that? Oh, just definitely. It's for the child. Like I said, when I wrote it, I was almost like talking to myself (laughs) Um, just because I knew how, how discouraging it can be you know, to, to not be able to be heard. So as parents, you know, as they're reading it, they're like, man, you know, I need to, I need to take a, take that moment, you know, kind of drop everything and listen to my child. You know, we always want to hear the, oh, you had a great day, but what happens when they don't? Like, are you ready to, to sit and have that conversation with them, to talk it out, to figure out what happened and then kind of help them cope through, you know, whatever that is. So they don't bottle it up. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. It's a lot of, oh boy, I can only imagine how many individuals, all right, that have dealt with things, you know, traumatic um, childhood experiences, but they did not know how to communicate and, or us being adults, we kind of thought something was going on, but we did not know how to bring it on now. But you know what? This is a great, great, great discussion. Okay. But look, ladies and gentlemen, before we get too deep into it, of course, we got to get it in with these bills, right? So you already know about Miss uh, Tracy Brown. Okay. So listen, Tracy Brown is a financial literacy coach and credit repair specialist, right? Tracy teaches people the importance of personal finance and help them identify and dispute negative items on their credit reports. Her services allows individuals to leverage the Fair Credit Reporting Act to improve their overall credit score and credit history to position themselves for home ownership, lower interest rates, entrepreneurship, and generational wealth, okay? If your credit is out of line, it's about that time to get her on the line. 
See how that happened? Her number is 618-560-3687. Those in the back that like the slack, call Tracy Brown because your stuff is out of line, okay? Number again, 618-560-3687, okay? Give her a buzz. So this is what I want to ask you. This is what I want to ask you, you, you ladies. Um, what do you guys think about the testimonies, right, from the book? What has been the most impactful testimony that you two have received? I let y'all go first. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mine is just the, you know, just the overall acknowledgement of that the book is needed. Um, it wasn't necessarily a personal story uh, that anyone had, but it was basically like, this is a conversation that we need to have that is, you know, very, very important that a lot of people are missing, whether it's, um, whether it's from abuse or just, you know, some bullying that's happening at school, right? A kid's world is only as big as they are. And we forget that, you know, we're, we're always like, oh, you can overcome this. You, you know, don't worry about this. Wait till you get older. But all they know is, is their tiny little world. And that's why you see so many children, you know, unfortunately, you know, committing suicide and things like that. We don't understand because we're already past that point that, their world is only as big as theirs. So if they're getting bullied every day or anything like that, that's all they know. So when you're telling the world like, Hey, this is an important conversation. We need to stop and talk to our kids. Like that's that worldwide impact. You know, it's bigger than anybody else's story because you can't minimize anybody's story. You don't, you can't minimize trauma. Trauma is trauma. That's right. It doesn't matter if it's at home or at school. Mm -hmm. Chris, what'd you have to add? I would say the biggest impact for me has been the people that contact and say, Hey, I read this book with my child or with my children. And they told me something happened or they were able to express that. Yeah. I've been bullied or I've had this happen or that happen. And the parent was able to, I, I like to say, tighten up. They were able to sit there and be in that moment and have the conversation with their children. So when they thought they were going to have a 10 minute read, um, with their child to turn into a 30, 45 minute discussion, opening up the door to communication, building a bond between the parent and the child. That to me has really touched my heart because you're like, man, that that's one family that, that was helped, you know, and then they turn around and pay it forward and know of a family. And then they purchase a book and donate it to them. It's been awesome to hear those stories and just to see that, you know, it doesn't matter how big or small, you're still making a difference in somebody's life. I got a question as far as um, you say your book is in schools. Okay, so I take it if the teachers or however they're uh, distributing the book to, to ask these questions and see what's going on with the kids, what's the next step once a child, you have this conversation with your child and now your child tells you something you wasn't prepared for? Okay, so as parents, like for me, bullying in my, age, in my era is totally different than the bullying going on now because we didn't have social media and all this other stuff to kind of antagonize and make it put it on the forefront where everybody really sees it the way that they do. So what, what is, is there any resources, programs or anything out there out there once you have these conversations that if it's bigger than you, what do you do going forward? Right. So I would say the first part is, so we just sent off our first package of books that will be um, in the school and 
we're excited about that. We're doing Read Across America, and we're donating books to schools, and we're going to be on Zoom and reading our book to children, and that's super exciting. Um, and we do have conversations with whichever school or whichever teacher that will have us and say, hey, if we have these, you know, these Zoom meetings, you know, there are some things you should be conscious of. A child can come up to you and say something. And we want to get our book in places like counseling centers. Um, we're going to do some donations to them as well. And we want to get them in um, domestic violence centers, wherever we can be of assistance to the conversation. So um, previously, we've done some work with some domestic violence clinics. And what we would do is when we go in, we're like, hey, here's some information, here's some resources in case you need them. Um, but we'll research it specific to those areas, wherever the book is going to go. So COVID has opened up an environment where we can do an outreaching all across America, which is kind of cool. Um, so the specific answer is if we're going to send a book somewhere, we're going to use, we're going to research um, and make connections with helping agencies centered around wherever the books are going. Nice. So question about the process of writing the book, right? So a lot of times from what I gather from other authors, uh, writing book, writing a book is actually therapy for themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's something that they went through or whatnot. And now they're putting it on paper and it is part of their own healing process. So what I want to know from you, from both of y'all is what did y'all learn about yourselves after writing this book? Um, did you, did you discover anything new uh, about yourselves and about uh, where this book led y'all? I'll let y'all go. Go ahead, y'all. <laughs> yes. Um, as I was writing the book, just just hearing, you know, the the repetition of Speak Up My Child, like I said earlier, I was writing it from, from two places. I was writing it from the parent that wants to know and then from the muted child. And it was basically just helping me to to kind of cope with, with being the quiet one. Like I said, like I... I didn't um, lash out or or do anything. I just became more and more silent, and that travels with you as as you go through your life. Right, you just feel like your words are not important and you don't matter. And it's just reminding myself, even today, as a mother, as a person in the military, like my words matter, and I need to speak up. And I, my words are important, and my feelings are important, and I don't need to minimize that. And I don't, I don't want to minimize that right like that's that's my biggest um thing sometimes I even go back and I read it you know just just struggling through different conversations maybe even talking to leadership right just like it's okay to speak up it like your point of view is important you matter you have good ideas you know you can you know just share how you feel and that's okay so for me an interesting question uh I would say that there was a lot of healing for me um, in this. One, um, I am typically a private person, so I felt like writing this book was going to open up myself um, to people to ask questions about, you know, what happened and things like that. And so I had to come to terms with that and realize that it wasn't about me. It's not about me. It's about giving these children a voice and helping parents with the conversation. So there was a lot of that, right? Um, and me trying to heal myself, ask myself questions, talk to myself. And I spent a long time, similar to what Yarden said, um, trying to discover my voice. Um, and it's, it's different because you're in the military and people see you in certain roles and they see you speak up. 
Um, but they don't know internally what you go through when you are expressing yourself or when you're being assertive because I've had to fight, you know, fight for many years to be able to comfortably express myself. And then when I become passionate about something, it is um, my passion is easily mistaken for anger, right? There's a very thin line um, between the two of those. So speaking up is not just about, hey, I have something to say. It's also about learning to articulate what you have to say. That's one piece. And then the second piece is um, after I wrote the book, I had to have conversation with my four children. You know, how do they feel about it? You know, is what's in this book true to who I am? I don't want to write a book and it lies because I view myself as one way. And my kids are like, Mm-mm. I don't know how to talk to you, mama. We have these problems or, you know, these things going on. And so with my twins, they're 22 years old, you know, it opened the door to some tough you know, conversations about sometimes where they thought I wasn't open with them or they thought I wasn't there for them. And us going back and mending those wounds and reaffirming to them that I am there for them and that they can be um, open with me and I'm not going to judge them. And then with my eight-year-old, she read the book and, uh, well, she's nine now. She read the book and she liked it. She loved what it meant, what it stood for. And I asked her, um, do you feel comfortable talking to me? Would you tell me if something happened? And, and she said yes and just made my, my, my heart smile. Now, my son, he's seven years old. He's like a ball of fire, and he just bounces all over the place. I asked him, did you like the book? You know, what did you take away from it? He was like, I always tell you everything anyway. And he just went back to shooting his Nerf gun and, you know, hobbling on. So that was healing, right? It was difficult to get to the point to – Again, be vulnerable to your children because they could come back and tell you, no, mom, you know, you think that you're easy to talk to, but you're not. So I had to deal with that. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just about the writing of the book. It was the steps that happen after you write the book. Okay. So here, I got something. Now, <clears throat> and I appreciate you all, right, uh, for writing the book and the individuals that you've touched by uh, creating a book and opening up and creating that space of conversation. But what I want to ask you is if, let's say just by happenstance, have you individual individually or have witnessed individuals that may have wanted to confront their, um, I guess the, 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 uh, an individual based off of what they finally came out to say right because i know of an individual that did after years 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 they got the courage to finally confront this person and told some other individuals hey this has been happening for years and it didn't turn out the best for that for that individual but did this book give you the uh I guess the 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 energy, the passion to really confront individuals that may have, you know, offended you or, you know, did things to you. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, um, I didn't I don't have anything to confront. Mm-hmm. I dealt with that um, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, interesting enough, like. My abuser lived down the street. Um, and so PCSing to Langley was difficult for me, right? Um, but I don't have any words for that individual. I have nothing to confront because I have stripped all power 
from him. So he gets nothing. Um, sometimes people, in order to heal, they feel like they have to confront the situation or they feel like they have to go say their peace. Well, um, I am a God-fearing woman. I made my peace with the Lord. I made my peace with myself and accepted um, accepted the situation, accepted how I am the way, the, I accepted who I am, and I accepted the things that I'm doing to be better years ago. Um, so I didn't per se need the power, I didn't need to find power in confronting the person. I needed to find power to believe in myself, and, and I did that, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about you, Yarda? I also did not uh, confront my abuser um, to his face, but I did, um, I confronted him on top of a mountain, uh, just kind of screaming out how I feel and what happened. And I, I ended up in a point of, um, of forgiving the individual. Um, and, and that was freeing for me, like I said, because I know that I have a voice and I know that he can't silence me. Um, and I know that no. Truthfully, mm-hmm. the, the way that I, I think and I process things is hurt people hurt people. Yes. And there's something that caused him to cause that hurt. Mm-hmm. So I ultimately forgave him. I would never speak to him um, in a physical uh, standpoint, but I forgave him on top of that mountain and, and I'm free mm-hmm. and I'm empowered um, because I know I know that I've done that. And I've spoken with some of his family members and and they know now and and we're okay you know we're we're okay we've come to that point and they understand and it's just it's just a good feeling to to not carry that weight with you no absolutely and the reason why i asked that too and congratulations seriously for uh to both of you because that that's huge that is huge um because because there's individuals out there that want to you know, talk to someone, right? Talk to family members about certain things that happen. And the first thing they say is, you know, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. And then you have to go on through life knowing that, yo, I did not imagine this. I know what happened. You get what I mean? So I just wanted to make sure that um, individuals can utilize, you know, this book, but to in different facets, right? For those of, yeah. uh, for individuals that may not be believers or individuals that can't climb up to a mountain and, and shout it out. You know what I mean? Cause I know me, if my daughter, I would find a different piece. If you understand what I'm saying to, to handle <laughs> that, you know, you got, God got me, you feel me, but we go take care of that. But go ahead, Larry, what you got, bro. All right. So we're talking. And I think the title of the book is pretty powerful. Speak up my child. That, that is just powerful when you think about it, because you figure in our culture, when we was coming up, there was a time and a place for a kid to speak, obviously. So I understand where the title came and how it comes into play. Do you think in today's climate, with the resources that we have, the technology we have to kind of research and figure out if something like this were to happen, we have things or individuals or agencies we can reach out to. Do you see that as more, is it more open now, I guess, is where I'm kind of going with this question? Or is it still the same like it was 30 years ago where it's still like people are still shushing their kids and they can't, they don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. Like where, where do you see this, this movement or as sort of speaking, where are we at with it? 
unfortunately, I think a lot of people are still shushing their kids. And I think it is a case-by-case basis. And that is why, you know, the book kind of goes to talking to the child. In one part of the book, it tells them, you know, hey, if you can't talk to your parents, you know, just find another adult that you can talk to so that you're not being shushed, right? We, we as the Black community, right, we have long-standing, like, a child is meant to be seen, not heard. And, you know, boys are not supposed to express themselves, you know, just, oh, you know, you're acting like a little baby. Like, so kids start at a young age of being silenced. And and that's unfortunate. And we're just basically trying trying to change that narrative because it's okay for little boys to cry. It's okay for them to be hurt. It's okay for them to be sad. And and we need to tell them that, right? It's It's all okay. Like, your feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. No one wants to keep you quiet. You know, there there may be a time and place of how you express those feelings, but your feelings are valid. And that's that's mainly what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think? Yeah. I think that a lot of these conversations are becoming a, a more normal than before. I would not necessarily say normalized, but more normal than before. Um, I was having a conversation previously and was asked, why do you, why do we think it was that way, you know, in the past? And I think some of it was a lot of these things happened so much that it, that bullying and any of the child trauma was normal. Um, so people just passed it on, you know, just, just let it happen. And it was almost like, this is the way that it's supposed to be in a lot of um, circumstances. And so, but now as more people are talking about it and people are realizing, are able to really see that this is not right and our children should not have to go through this. Our children should be able to be children and be free and just play and, and have a good time. I mean, those things are what we should be doing or what we should be giving and allowing our children um, to do. Um, even though with social media, a lot of things are exacerbated. They were already there. It's just out more in, in the public. But the question is, what are we doing about it? Right. Are we, um, talking to our children and giving them the room um, to express themselves, or are we just talking about it because it is a social movement that people, you know, want to join? Mm. And so I, I would say that I, w- I hope, and it is my sincerest and deepest prayer that, you know, times are changing and that when our children um, do say something, uh, we're there for them. Um, but I can't say for certain because social media just exacerbates, you know, a, a lot of things. You're right. You're right. Okay. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to take a, a little pause for the calls again, right? And plus, Herm got stretches back out, y'all. He crying. You're all right. You're all right, bro. Look at him. You're all right. Yeah. So, so we put personal private chats on blast now. Okay. <laughs> all right. Gotcha. Yo, no, it's all good. Look, I got to stretch out too. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, y'all stick around. Make sure y'all share this. This is some great information. Right on. This is some real good information. And we will be right back. Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building generational wealth through home ownership while providing exceptional service with integrity and excellence. 
Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get individuals into a home. Mention you heard this ad on the Lion's Den with Seth and get a $500 rebate from Monique at closing. After servicing in the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S., and your referral will get a special gift card from Monique. If you're in the San Antonio area or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Her number is 210-237-7268. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Lion's Den podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Hey, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Welcome back to the Lion's Den with Seth. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an outstanding, outstanding show. We're talking about Speak Up My Child with Miss Chris and Yarden. Hey, hey. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Go ahead. You got to learn. All right. So I know we're talking about getting kids to speak up. Um, Chris, I know you've, you've hit it. You've hinted on it several times that you started showing some sort of signs like anger, man, anger type signs when, when you went experienced your, um, your traumatic issue or occurrence when you had as a child. But my, my question to you, especially educating the parents, um, what signs should they start looking for to kind of, you know, for kids that are not reading a book or they're not up on how to get their kids to talk, what are some signs that they need to be on the lookout for to kind of trigger maybe they need to have this kind of conversation? Um, I started pulling away. Um, I didn't want to be around the family. I always wanted to be in my room. Um, that was a sign. And it was very easy for me to play it off saying um, I'm tired or um, I want to study because um, I made good grades. Uh, made good grades in school. So it was very easy for me to say I'm, I'm going to study, I, you know, have a test tomorrow. Um, but I didn't want to be involved in family events because I didn't feel like a family. And then uh, anytime they wanted me to be in certain situations, I'd always, I'd, I'd make a reason to fight or make a reason to have an argue, argument or make a reason to be told to go to my room because I didn't want to be there because I was uncomfortable. And I never uh, wanted to be alone um, if everybody left the house, I'd find a reason to leave. Um, I didn't want to be, um, where, um, my abuser had access, easy access to me. Um, if you will, I locked my door all the time, um, and just basically distanced myself and lashed out. Um, there was no, there was no more respect. He said something, he was going to get all of this mouth. <laughs> uh, and I'm not proud of that. I laugh at it now, um, because you know, you, you look back on it and, and and I think back to how many times people told me I had a smart mouth or whatever and that for me that was the only vengeance um, I could have because I didn't feel like they would listen um, any other way so I would look for signs like that if you feel that your child is withdrawing your child used to talk to you and they don't anymore 
that to me would be ding, ding, ding. Let's let's engage and find out what's going on and don't pass it off as, oh, well, they're growing up, you know, and as they grow up, they want to be alone or things like that. Wow. That was a good question. Real good question. Mm. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Larry did that twice to me just now. Man, shut up. No, well, that's cool, that. man. You know, I, I, I'm going I'm to I'm go off the fly, you know what I mean, real quick. But um, so a lot of times, you know, uh, I, ain't, I ain't deep diving any statistics or anything, but from, from what I see, what I gather, a lot of times when we talk about abusers, it's normally somebody that's close or close to you, you know, maybe a family member, a close family friend. And uh, um, the people that normally uncover this stuff is people that at the schools, like a teacher or whatnot. Um, So do you give the same advice to the, like the people on the outside that's, that's looking for these, these signs or whatnot that might want to help a child. Um, They're not family. You know what I'm saying? They're on the outside. How how do you, how do you uh, advise them to help in a situation like this? So I would say, um, for me, again, we wrote the book from the, the perspective of when we were children. I just wanted anybody to listen to me, you know? Um, and so when we talk about these things, it's not just about, it's about any type of trauma, right? Children these days are bullied more often than not. Um, I remember um, being made fun of because I didn't have the ladies, latest Nikes that came out, Um and I remember that that bothered me more than anything. I wanted those Nikes um, so bad. And it, I got so sick and tired of hearing it all the time. Then I started lashing out at school um, because of that. So it is whatever the child is going through, we have to be able to hear them. So if you're a counselor, if you're a parent, okay, listen. If you're a counselor, okay, listen. If I'm in a grocery store and a child says somebody hurt me, I'm going to ask them questions and I'm going to get some help. Um, a lot of times it's very easy for us to mind our own business. Um, this isn't happening to me. This is not in my lane. That is a go, that's a go-to natural defense mechanism, right? Um, and I would encourage people similar to um, avenues that we have in the military, ask the tough questions, right? So it doesn't matter what position you're in. Um, a child does not, cannot go to those helping agencies and say, help me, who's taking them there, right? Um, do they know the phone number? Do they know where to get the phone number from? So it's up to us to be that conduit of, of help. And that's what the book talks about. And that's why we say that the book is about helping adults have those conversations. It's not just specifically the parent. If I was going to be, I don't know, babysitting some kids or, or helping out an organization, I want to know and feel within my heart that if that child needed help, that I would do something about it. I would call somebody if I wasn't an expert in that area, or I would link up with someone that could help that child. Uh, our children, I mean, I know it's cliche, right? Our children are our future, but our children deserve to have that innocent childhood, not have that taken away because somebody wants to help them because mm-hmm. they don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that makes sense. And you know what? You hit on something that I want to um, touch on a little bit um, with you and also uh, yard and smash yard right so the question is not about where and, and what actually what you do but as far as in the military but with writing this book has this caused you to have a certain level of empathy when you see certain 
individuals it, from the outside looking in, maybe acting out, but it's like, okay, you do, do you actually encourage individuals to want to dig deeper to see what's the root cause of that based off of, you know, the energy and the time that you put into the book and see how it can affect people in the long run? Have you guys dealt with that? I'll let you answer first, Yarden. What about you? Have you? So, so a little bit, right? I think that the main part as, as military, I'm, I'm Intel. Uh, we have a lot of, um, we call them like wall watchers, <laughs> people that walk down the hall, they stare at their feet, they stare at the wall, they don't make eye contact. So you just never know, right? There's a lot of introverts, but sometimes it's as simple as asking, how's your day? Uh, I spent time as an operations superintendent and for the simple fact that I was asking how's their day and, and genuinely concerned and caring. I learned a lot about a lot of members of my, of my squadron and I was able to, to get them various um, resources and help um, just based off of just asking that because they open up, they're like, wow, somebody cares. Somebody wants to know what's actually going on. And then if you put it into like a supervisor kind of, kind of role, right? Like why is that person late? Like what's going on before you start trying to issue paperwork or just kind of like, you know, ramming somebody and pointing the finger, like, like what happened? What is going on? Cause is that person dealing with the situation at home? Are they abused? Are they being abused? Is there, you know, some alcohol related incidents? Anything can happen, right? Like we just don't know what people are going through until we ask. So just as a leader, um, just, just kind of asking those questions, like start off with the easy questions, right? And then you get that person to know that you're genuine and you're honest and you actually care about whatever they're about to say next. And if they say something that's not, hey, I'm fine, you know, be able to willing to take that next five to 10 minutes, maybe longer, right? Depending on what they say, but to, you know, just kind of make sure that they're okay, check in with them and let them know that you're there to listen. Got you. What about you, Chris? Absolutely. I, I have several people that have worked uh, with me before and, you know, we're in a technology age, people text message or whatever. And you know how some people text message you first thing in the morning and they don't want to say good morning. Mm -hmm. um, and they learn very quickly. Don't text me early in the morning or in the afternoon. If I haven't talked to you in a while, I need there to be a good morning, a good afternoon or something. I'm the same way. One don't, don't act like I woke up with you. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, <laughs> hello. I never do that. I, I, no, I need bro. to get better. I never say good Yo, morning. Because, hey, Let me tell you, I, you can give me everything. <laughs> I'm going straight to it. I'm not going to answer all of that. I'm going to say good morning. Now, what you want? I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Let's go back and reiterate. And I'll be looking like, I'll be looking at like, here she go. All right. Good morning back. God damn. Damn right. Damn no. right. Respect. No. You understand? Know yes. But go Say good morning. <laughs> and, it, it, and so one, one of the math learners that worked for me, he was like, why do you do that? And I say, because from the last time I talked to you to right now when I'm engaging in conversation with you, I don't know what happened in your life. You don't know what happened in my life. So before you get into straight business, maybe I need to take some time and have a conversation with you about, you know, your parents, your, your, your marriage, your children, or whatever the case may be. People nowadays go straight to business and it's you know once you've been through some things you can empathize and, and understand that somebody's good morning might not be the same you know it's, it's about the emotional intelligence of let me check in with this person first to see if they're okay before we dive straight into business and when you do that then people feel like they are cared for and then they open up more and we actually have a better working relationship but the importance of that 
empathy of understanding that last night might have been a late night. You know, um, their kid might have been sick. So they might just be like, morning and not good morning. Hold up. What has happened that your morning's not good? Um, so absolutely, I think it makes me more empathetic and sympathetic to what people have going on in their lives, especially in the COVID environment. People are working harder in the COVID environment than they are when they were in the office. Yes. Um, people are juggling a multitude of things. I had a conversation the other day um, where I said, I don't think everyone understands that people are overtaxing themselves in the COVID environment. An example of that would be um, we're on a telecon uh, in a conference. People are driving to their appointments, uh, doctor's appointments or personal appointments on the phone in the conference. If we were not in the COVID environment and not teleworking, they wouldn't do that. They would say, I'm not going to be here today. I'm going to be at my appointment. But because there's this tug of trying to feel like I'm contributing in this telework COVID environment, they are overtaxing themselves. They're not resting. Their work rest cycles are off. It was affecting their family. So empathy, absolutely. A- absolutely. We have to be understanding of what people are going through in order to have an effective <clears throat> workplace. But you know, you, you, you got the, you know this, you know, just like I know that we're conditioned to do that. Right. It's not the best thing to do, but just condition like, it's bad enough I got someone thinking one way about, you know, my work or whatever the case is. And now that we're teleworking, I got to show you, show you, show you that I'm ready to get it in. You get what I mean? So yeah. it, it doesn't stop. So it, it just by happenstance of, you know, what the organization is, people are going to put that extra stress on it. But no, no, that make a whole lot of sense. Go ahead, gents. All right. So my next question is going, it's geared more towards what's next for you guys. I know you mentioned you're just going to rewrite this book. It's going to gear it towards uh, adults, maybe some teenager stuff going on, but I'm thinking about this book could easily become some sort of short story animation. Have you guys thought about that and hit on uh, pitch that idea or anything like that to like really, really truly educate the masses on, on getting your child to really speak up. I don't know. You're I you know, I, I was thinking about that. That does sound good. As a matter of fact, oh. how about this? Speak up my airman. Ugh. Ooh. Watch out now. Okay. Wait, what's this? I feel all like that. Hey, because look, I check this out. Hey, Real. listen. Hey, because look, people going through some stuff and sometimes you might have to show a coloring book to a fool and say, hey, you hurt me right here. You dig? Hey, yeah. you don't know for real. I mean, look, ladies and you gentlemen, let, let's be honest, right? Listen, we got so much stuff going on in the world right now, and you got individuals that work next to you every day, well, post-COVID or pre-COVID, every day, <laughs> and don't know how to say anything like, and you might be the problem. I might have to show show you this stick figure, say, hey, commander or whatever. Look, you touched me here. You dig? I didn't like that. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, I mean, I think it's funny that we have to even have this conversation sometimes. Like some people should be able to say, these are my boundaries. That's what, right. See, these are, these are my boundaries. And some people are okay with things. I used to get slack all the time. People were like, Oh, you don't give hugs. I'm not a hugger, I'm not a hugger by nature. I learned to become um, a hugger because uh, it just made my, I guess, coworkers feel a little bit more comfortable and I'm not, you know, tap, tap, hug and, Let's go. But I'm not a hugger uh, by nature. Um, it was the environment. People, hey, how's it going? Haven't seen you in a long time. And my anxiety 
would just go to the Sky roof. Like- listen, <laughs> check this out. And Herm, listen, Herm, have you ever dealt with this? Somebody say, hey, come in here. I'm a hugger, so you go take this anyway. Like, Bruh, I don't what, care. What that's you- one thing I hated about going to church. They say, <laughs> get up and hug your neighbor. I'll be in the corner in the back. Bro, like, you, hey, hey, I'll be, be looking at my watch like, okay, right about now, let me go over there because they about to start touching. You see what I'm saying? But don't force people. And that's another thing, too. I, I know I'm, I'm going to let you hit this, Herm, but that's another thing, y'all. We need to make sure we're not forcing our children to involve themselves with individuals that they don't feel comfortable with. Like, yo, it's a reason why your baby don't feel right with with with, with this cat. You dig? And no matter if they funny, <laughs> they want to look. You feel me? So we need to stop pushing kids and people to, you know, to to be uncomfortable. What do you guys think about that? Absolutely. <laughs> like it is the, those are those situations right because sometimes you just have those older individuals you know sometimes they're too touchy-feely and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing anything wrong at that time but your kid's uncomfortable and we need to, those are those signs right there we were talking about earlier like what are those signs like if your kid is uncomfortable around somebody you need to have a conversation with your child because it could just be Oh, you know, when auntie does X, Y, Z, you know, they, they, they scratch me when they hug me. Like, I don't want to be scratched. It could Mm -hmm. be something as simple as that. Right. Like she has really long nails and she claws me. I don't want to be clawed. Or Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, uncle so-and-so or, you know, family member X, Y, Z that, you know, they're, they're touching me. And and when they do laugh and and giggle with you, they're touching me inappropriately. And I don't, I don't like where they're touching me. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to go see them. I don't want to go stand by them or be in their presence because I don't like how I feel around them. I don't like that. They're touching me like this. I don't, I don't necessarily know what this touch means, but I I don't, I don't feel comfortable. Right. Mm It's just as simple as that, like us hearing our child say those things and then respecting those boundaries of our children, you know, like, okay, you know, when we go over here, I'm going to be more vigilant on who who's watching you and how you react to them. And if they're they're no good, then, you know, we won't see them again. (laughs) We won't you know, we'll make these phone phone conversations versus physical conversations. So you're not there and you don't even have to speak to them on the phone if you don't want to, because that's your comfort level. Yeah. And I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Yarden, I got a question for you. Um, okay. In the introduction, you said you, you I'm going to, because I'm trying to remember, you You have your, your kids and then your husband also have kids. So yeah, you have a blended family, correct? Yes. So how did that play into your book? Did, 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 did you feel like, you know, it was a challenge going into being a blended family? Did this book have anything to do with that? Yes. So it is a it is a challenge. Um, my son, or or his son, which is it's our son, the seven year old. He's very vocal, um, and he has some different um, mannerisms that kind of make me wonder. You know, did, did something happen to you? And although we haven't, uh, you know, fully got into that point of conversation, like it does make me ask him more questions and talk to him about his day. And like I said, he can, he can tell you everything. And sometimes it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, that, that wasn't right for that person to do that. So let's make sure, you know, we talk about that. There were some kids at the park um, name calling and he ended up uh, like throwing a rock at him. 
and we had to have that conversation. Like, what happened? And he was like, they're calling me a name. And they're calling me out of my name, and I don't like that. And how do, how do we deal with this? And they're like, well, we don't deal with it with a rock, but we do need to, you know, talk about this. And we went and talked to their parents, and it was, it was just that simple, right? And, of course, you know, like the next day he wants to go play with them. But we're kind of letting him know, like, hey, if people are calling you names, those are not your friends. You know, so you got to be cognizant of that. Like, if they're calling you names or if they seem like they only want to come jump on the trampoline because you have a trampoline and they don't really want to be cool with you, they're talking, you know, talking about you as soon as they get off the trampoline, then those aren't your friends. You need, you know, you need to keep yourself safe and we want to keep you safe. So don't hang around them without, you know, one of us or like if their parents are around and we, we just talked to them. We had some good conversations with some of the parents. Just about you know how how kids are mean. <laughs> kids oh, can be very cruel. One girl spit on my daughter one day, and okay, nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so just being able to have those conversations, like you know, how do you deal with this, and how did that make you feel, and how can we process through this, and how can we you know work to where you have a better response to if someone is saying something negative negatively to you. But then, of course, like, don't be silent, you know, like, let them know that that hurts your feelings and that you are not okay with what they're doing. Like, start that at a young age. So, yeah, that's definitely um, part of the blended nature, even even just between brothers, right? Like, just, you know, what's going on? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, that doesn't make me feel good. Okay, let's let's work on that. Let's not do that. All right. Gotcha. Go ahead, Larry. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show, or gals, I should say. I'm sorry, not guys. Coming on the show and, like, really having this moment with us. It's a good moment that I think most people maybe are aware of, but now they got some tools to kind of help them have those conversations. This this book is, like I said, for those that haven't read it yet, it's pretty, it's an easy read. You know, like I said, got pictures. <laughs> um, but it is, it is, it does help be able to have that conversation for those that don't really know how to come out and say, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, me five years ago, be like, hey, what's wrong with you? Hey, stop crying, go in the corner, you know. But now it's like more trying to show the empathy, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, asking those questions and kind of digging into, like, is there really anything I should be concerned with or are you just having a day? You know, trying to, you know, make sure I understand what's going on and it ain't nothing too serious. But overall, I appreciate it. I think it was, it's a good look today. I hope people learn something from this and uh, hopefully I get to run into you guys in the Air Force one day. We cross paths. So <laughs> thank you. Right on. Mm-hmm. Hey, so first, thank you guys very much. Oh, gals, thank See? y'all. See? Anyway, <laughs> thank y'all very much for coming on. You know, um, like like Larry said, this is a conversation. You always cliche. This is a conversation that needs to be had, but this definitely is. I mean, we we spent generations telling kids, like we said in the show, uh, kids are to be seen, not to be heard. You know what I mean? And it's time for the for that that narrative to change. And books like these, you know what I'm saying, books like this one, will get into the parents' head like, no, kids kids aren't meant to be hurt. You know, they are meant to be hurt, and it's very important because you never know what's going on with a kid if you just sit there, you expect them to be just quiet in the corner. Uh, so thank you guys for writing this book. Thank y'all for coming on and talking to us about it. Uh, for the people that's watching, please share this. Uh, if you didn't catch it this time, it'll be up on Roku. Check it out there. Pass this information out to your friends and also get the book. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, thank you. 
Thank you, ladies. And but the uh, audience, I, I do want to say this. With technology, it makes things a little bit easier, right? It makes things a little bit easier because, you know, you can text and, and you can pick up the phone, you can record and all this other stuff. But however, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. What we have is the issue of pride. We don't want to have those conversations. Chances are we know that weirdo in the in the uh, in the corner, our uncle, our cousin, that auntie. We know that, but we act like ah, oh, that's just the way they are. No, say something about it. You understand? Because that could be your child. And for those of you that um, may be dealing with that, or know someone else that's dealing with that, I want to post this number up here. Okay, this is a twenty four hour numbers one 656 hope h o p e and they can help you to get a counselor and to get the help that you may need and just to talk to someone okay because making up excuses is not going to change the situation we can be the change that we want to see by listening and with this book speak up my child is one avenue and one way to do that so ladies i want to thank you for coming on thank you thank you thank you okay. yes, yes yes and so look before we go you have anything you want to say to our uh to the audience so real quick i would like to say if you guys would like to help us out with donating books to kids you can either um purchase a book on Amazon and I can, I'll put my address out there so the books come to me, or you can just cash app. She persevered. And then I will send the books off to the school and I'll make sure that I send out um, the thank you notes for those that donated. We want to get this book in as many children's hands um, as possible. And then also please look for the next book that will be releasing um, around the middle of June um, letters to my son. It's going to be amazing. Um, and we're going to keep it going, making sure that we're putting positivity back um, into children's and parents' lives and um, making a difference. So thank you so much. All right. All right. What about you, Miss Yarden Smash? <laughs> Again, look, looking forward to the next book and our, our other endeavors. But I just want to thank everyone for the support. It's just, it just means the world. Like I said, if this, if this book can help just one child, then that's the reason we wrote it. And, and that's the biggest part, right? We're just here to help. If it can help you as a parent talk to your children, or if it can help a child, then, then we've done what we came here to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you. Thank you all again for watching us on the lion's den and make sure you check us out next week and if you missed this you can catch it tomorrow on roku and amazon fire make sure you download the app lion's pride network right on right on and we will see y'all soon we hope you enjoyed today's show make sure to listen to the show on google Podcasts, spotify breaker and radio public where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.